It's 4 o'clock on the number one sports talk show for your drive home. I said, uh, Carl, what you chose is not going to work for me. This is what we're going <laughs> to do. He restaurant shamed him out of yeah. the gate. So mm-hmm. I was driving home from the Pace Academy Holy Innocence football game, and mm-hmm. I was like, I think he's up there. Next thing you know, I go by to meet him, and four hours later, we're still out together. Oh, so, yeah, it was a... Carl Duke's Is Carl mistake. alive Sunday? <laughs> Do we check on Carl? We all, this ain't no sipping check. tea. I'm telling you. You go out with steak, it is game on. This is Dukes and Bell. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Steak. Appreciate it, Sandra. Sandra Sandra's here. Uh, it's Dukes and Bell, and uh, you can listen to the Steakhouse every day. Thanks to Sandra, by the way, for picking me up a good-looking Georgia National Championship T-shirt at Walmart. Yeah. She was over there the other day, and she grabbed one for me. That's nice. I got to be honest. Sandra, she is so, she's such she, a oh, sweet she's person. She's the sweetest man. person. She's she, got so me sweet. in, she got me over at Fox. You know, we've always tried to you know, help yeah. each other out. She's yeah. a fellow Seminole. She actually graduated. But, uh, and then I've worked with her for, <laughs> for 20 years. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, she found – because some of those shirts that came out were pretty garish, if I'm honest. Some yeah, of those championship gear was not good-looking. i got to be honest, Walmart and Costco had the best-looking shirts, <laughs> you can argue. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, we are going to talk about Tom Brady's retirement. Yes, this time he means it. We'll also talk about what it means for the marketplace. Coming up in 20 minutes, you'll hear from Brian Snicker. He came on the radio station today. Wait till you hear what he had to say about the health of the Braves. It's on the way, but right now, let's talk some dogs. Dukes and Bell on the sidelines with the dogs. The Dog Report is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, a proud partner of the Georgia Bulldogs. All right, Connor Riley from Dog Nation joining us. And Connor, today... Mike and I said it, the emphasis on signing day when a majority of the big-time recruits or bigger five stars have have already signed, the significance of today is not as much as it used to be, but it's still a big day. So where are the dogs, what has happened, and who did they add to the list of recruits today? Yeah, so as it stands right now, they've added nobody. Uh, And it speaks to, I I think, the – type of kid that Georgia goes out and tries to recruit. Uh, they ha- they signed 25 players in the December signing window, but the big thing is that 18 of those guys are already on campus as an early enrollee. And I know there's been some discussion about, do you move National Signing Day? What do you do with that early signing period? Do you move it around? I mean, the reality is I think kids these days more often than not are trying to get a jump start on their college career and get it started earlier and earlier. And I think that's going to continue to dilute, you know, this February signing period as it is. Because for a majority of these big-time players that go and play at these big-time schools, they know you have to get a jump start and start playing right away. You had, uh, I think, 18 players in last year's class enroll early. You had another 18 enroll early this year. As far as Georgia, I don't expect them to add anyone today, at least in the 2023 class. They did land a commitment from the number one overall player, from the number one overall cornerback, rather, in the 2024 recruiting class in Ellis Robinson. But Walker Lyons, a four-star tight end recruit, he's going to USC, and actually he's going to take a year off and go participate in his Mormon mission before he starts playing college football. Mm. And then the big news of the day, Deuce Robinson, five-star tight end, number one tight end in the country, announces he is not going to make a decision today. He's between Georgia, USC, and Texas, and there is also the very real possibility with him that he ultimately ends up going to play baseball as he's the son of former Florida State Seminole Dominic Robinson, who played both baseball and football at Florida State back in the early 2000s. And, uh, you know, Connor, we spoke a lot today about uh, Ellis Robinson, the fourth. A little confused, though, because this is the class of 24 for one of the top corners, right? Yes, that's correct. He will not. He's still got another year of high school football before he ultimately signs with Georgia. He commits to Georgia today. But uh, no one overall cornerback in the class plays at IMG Academy, you know, one of the big powerhouses in the country. And 
is well battle tested. And by the time he ultimately gets to Georgia, which again is over a year down the road, uh, should be one of the top players in next year's signing class. Connor Riley joining us here on Dukes and Bell. We're talking dogs. What are you hearing from the Senior Bowl with the guys that are there? participating i know practices started yesterday they're practicing today tomorrow and we get the game on saturday and you know as far as the game it's, it's more about the practices right that's where you get a sense of what guys are doing and and how they're being scouted and and, and what they're being rated out from nfl talent or as far as their nfl uh you know talent scouts what are you hearing connor yeah, you get a better idea in these practices of who these players are and some of the things they might be able to do at the at the next level. I think Kenny McIntosh is a guy that has a real chance to improve his status as the, as the week goes on. He's obviously an incredible pass catcher. I think people who watch him in Georgia understand that. And when NFL teams get a chance to see him do that, along with his ability, I think, that improved over the course of his Georgia career to run in between the tackles. He could be a guy that plays himself up from, say, a day three pick into a late third-round pick there, and that's sort of the benefit and upside of playing in the senior bowl there. Chris Smith, uh, look, that guy's going to interview incredibly well. He made big-time play after big-time play at his time at Georgia. I expect, expect him to be a late second-round pick or an early third-round pick there. Warren McClendon, obviously, you know, involved in a horrific car crash earlier this month, but it sounds like he's come out and played really well. Uh, in the Senior Bowl, repping really well there. And he's got a chance, I think, to really help himself. You know, there's some questions about his size. He measured in at 290 pounds, and usually teams want you to be over 300 pounds. But he showed some good strength and has incredible length there as well to, I think, really be an offensive tackle at the next level. And then Jack Pavlesny, the kicker there as well for Georgia. So they've got four guys there, obviously well-represented, and all have a chance, I think, to help themselves when it comes to, you know, rising up NFL draft boards. It is Connor Riley, guys. Okay, Connor Riley on Dog Nation. Follow him on Twitter, see what's going down. I mean, we have the Georgia Pro Day, which will be sometime in March, and that will – now, again, you'll never be able to replicate what they did last year, but there's so many studs, and I'm just curious, uh, who's a guy, maybe a late-round pick, that maybe could be a surprise from this year's draft class from UGA? Uh, are we talking in terms of like guys who we don't think are going to be drafted but end up finding their way onto an NFL roster? Exactly. That's the case. Exactly. I, I think Kiaris Jackson is a guy to sort of watch there. I think he's going to test better than some people think. You know, battled injury in his time at Georgia. But he's a guy that, A, is a special team standout. and He's absolutely going to make a team because of what he's able to bring from a special team's ability. And we didn't ultimately get to see a whole lot of it at Georgia. A lot of it is just because Ladd McConkey was playing ahead of him. But I believe in what Kiaris is going to be able to do as a wide receiver at the next level. You can move him around. Again, you know, I don't want to compare him to Debo Samuel. I think that's a really unfair comparison. And Samuel is just a twitchier athlete. But if there's an innovative offensive coordinator out there, I think they can find a way to make Jackson an effective player who can do a lot of different things. And so when you add in the fact that he's a stud special teamer, I think that's a guy who you know a lot of people may not necessarily have thought when he declared for the draft back in January 15th that he's going to be drafted. But We've seen in recent years, you know, Darian Kendrick, John Fitzpatrick, Justin Schaefer, guys who, you know, weren't highly thought of as draft prospects when they announced their decisions, ultimately end up playing their way into a, not just a draft eligible spot, but being guys that ultimately end up playing and starting. Uh, you know, Charlie Warner is another example that a tight end who not many people thought highly of and right. ends up going and being a six round pick and has been a contributor for the 49ers these past three seasons. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's driving me crazy, Connor, so I need to know where you're at on this. Todd Munkin leaving. Why is he continuing to interview for these jobs if he has real no intention of leave no real intention of leaving? And more importantly, we know he's the best coordinator. So if he needs more money, let's just cut the check. What is going on with Todd Munkin? 
Yeah, so I think that last point there, it's important to point out. Like, I don't think this is about money when it comes to Todd Munkin. I, I think he knows he's going to be well compensated whether he goes to the NFL or whether he goes back to college. And, and it's interesting. In talking to the college people and the people around the Georgia program, they don't seem all that confident that Munkin is going to end up leaving. But then from the NFL side of things, uh, you know, Chris Mortensen has reported this, Ian Rappaport has reported it. There's maybe a stronger sense that. Munkin does end up going to the NFL level. So maybe that is a belief that the Tampa side of this, because I believe Tampa's really the only serious candidate right now to potentially try and take Munkin, even though he did interview with the Baltimore Ravens last week. Uh, there's some confidence on Tampa side that he would come back and take that job. Whereas I think on the Georgia side of it, there is also confidence there as well. I, I think when reality comes down to, he's never been someone to spend a lot of time in one place. He's only been at one place for more than four years once in his career. That was with the Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver coach over 15 years ago. And so I think this is, you know, what can Todd Munkin go out and prove? I don't think he's any closer to being a head coaching candidate. Uh, given, you know, where he was in college this time last year. And, and so I think maybe he wants to go back, try in the NFL to see because when he was an offensive coordinator and play caller, it did not work out. He got fired in 2018 as the play caller for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then as the offensive coordinator. And it's important to note he was not the play caller for, um, for Cleveland in his last year in the NFL. He gets fired one year after that. So I think he thinks that if he does take the Tampa job, there'll be somewhat of a runway to where he can have multiple years there and really build out a successful offense. But at the same point in time, he knows he's got the best job in college football as Georgia's offensive coordinator. And on top of that, he's already the highest paid offensive coordinator in the sport. So I think ultimately it's going to come down to what does Munkin want to do? Does he want to come back to Georgia and try and have a three-peat? Or does he want to try his hand at being an NFL play caller once again where he's failed in the past? And the other thing is uh, you lose Buster Faulkner, who's involved in the offensive, I guess, you know, in the, in the grand, grand scheme of things. He goes to Georgia Tech to become their new offensive coordinator. I was joking around with some Georgia fans yesterday, but uh, you know, Mike Bobo has always been such a polarizing figure. Would they ever? Would there ever be a situation where, in case of emergency, break glass and bring Bobo back? If if Munkin did, I, ab- I absolutely think so. I will say on Buster Faulkner, if Kirby Smart thinks Buster Faulkner is the best replacement for Todd Munkin, if and when uh, Munkin does end up leaving. It takes about an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes to get from Georgia Tech to Athens, assuming there's no traffic on 316. Faulkner <laughs> would make that drive in less than an hour if that's what Kirby Small ultimately decided and wanted to do. But as far as, uh, as far as Mike Bobo, I do believe that he'd be a serious offensive coordinator candidate. And it's worth pointing out here as well. Well, yes, you know, Brian McLennan has called plays before. Uh, Faulkner has previous offensive coordinator experience. Munkin is also the quarterback's coach, and, and so Mike Bobo has experience doing that as well. And look, I mean, Mike, you mentioned it there. I'm already sick of the Mike Bobo discourse in terms of, you know, what was he, how, you know, could he be, what could he be. Look, in 2014, Georgia's offense averaged 42 points a game. It was the last year who was calling plays for Georgia. And I know things didn't necessarily work out at South Carolina or Auburn in the last two stops where he was calling plays, but those were not remotely close to the same situation, nor the same talent level that he would be working with here. And I'll just say this. Look, Todd Munkin was not some hot prospect when Kirby Smart hired him in 2020. And so I think if Kirby Smart believes that Mike Bobo is the best man for the offensive coordinator job, I think with what we've seen from Kirby Smart and everything else he's done at Georgia, we should probably believe him at this point in time. Connor, what happened? Uh, what was the reaction, if there was any, in Athens with the coaching staff, uh, with with the Stetson Bennett situation getting arrested? You know, we talked about it. We said, listen, listen, it's not a, a defining moment as far as you know what it, what it means for the rest of his life, but it's a bad look, you know, and it's something he's going to have to explain. Mm-hmm. Is there more to this story? Because no one's heard from Stetson about it. 
and I'm curious to know what you're hearing around Athens. Yeah, no, not really. I mean, again, he's you know no longer with the program. He was in Dallas training for the upcoming NFL draft, and, and you know, look, I, and Sutton knows this. It's the worst possible time this could happen, and when you factor in the fact that you have the, the national championship last year where he's drinking Pappy right afterwards. And then he does the good morning America interview. Like he's, he understands there's going to be questions about this and he's going to have to answer that. And he's, you know, 25 years old, he's an adult. He's going to go out and answer it. And that's what he's done. And, and you know, so I get that. I, I also, you know, I understand why Jim Nagy is saying the things that he has said about him and why Seth needs to be down in Mobile. I don't personally agree with that. And Jim Nagy has his own agenda to push. But, you know, from a Georgia perspective, uh, you know, look, Stetson's not the quarterback here anymore. And, and while, well, yes, they don't love it, uh, and they know Stetson is clearly better than that, uh, there's not a whole lot that I think that reflects on this Georgia program right now. Great stuff. Connor Riley, we appreciate you, man. Again, the dogs don't sign anybody today, guys, and they get a commitment from the number one corner for next year, which is he's a junior in high school. He's going to be a senior coming up this next uh, fall. So if you're curious, the dogs will probably be, still be number two uh, as far as the rankings are concerned, Alabama the number one class in the country. All right, appreciate you as always. Thanks so much. Tell the people where they can find you. Yep, follow me on Twitter, at KConnorRiley, even though signing day wraps up today. Look, Todd Munkin still deciding what he's ultimately going to do. We're going to have a ton of stuff, ton of content throughout the lack of an offseason we seem to have in college football these days. Yeah, it doesn't stop. Connor, thanks so much, man. We appreciate you. Hey, guys, coming up, you're going to hear from Brian Snicker, manager of our Atlanta Braves. And what did he say about the health of our team as we gear up for spring training this month? Today's February 1st. This month. Yeah. All right. Pitches and catches in what, three weeks? Yeah, 14th. Oh, my. Two. Do the math. You're right, Carl. That's 13 days. All right. Coming up, Brian Snicker and what he said on the Midday Show. Next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
next on Sports Radio 929 <laughs> The Game. Coming up, your chance to win Brian Adams tickets. Stay right there. Also, some guy talk on the way, and we will get into what we need at 5 o'clock. But right now, let's hear from Brian Snicker, who stopped by the midday show. Chris Thomas was filling in for Andy today, who was out, and he was with our buddy Randy McMichael. And they asked Snit, first thing, have you had any chance to get away, get some R&R since the season? Yeah, you know what? I did. I, I did spend a lot of time with the grandkids. I saw a lot of uh, basketball, swim meets, little flag football, um, baseball tryouts. And, um, you know, actually, Ronnie and I got away for a week in Hawaii, too. So um, it's been a really good off season. Snit, so a lot of questions for the Braves this offseason and a lot of answers. But I think one of the most exciting news to come out of Braves Fan Fest is that Mike Soroka appears healthy for the first time in a long time. How excited are you to have him back in the mix? Oh, very much so. I'm, I'm just so happy for him that he could have a normal offseason and not worry about the rehab and he can go to camp and we can put him in a group and he can do all, you know, run around and do his drills and his sides and everything with the guys instead of being kind of on his own program like he has the last couple of years. So, um, you know, this kid really, he loves to play baseball. He loves to compete. And um, it was big for him just to have a normal off season and work out, get himself ready. Um, and just, you know, it's like, man, it, it's, I can't wait to get him out there. Uh, Snick, you know, now, you know, there's always a, you know, every season that the roster does change. Sometimes you got a new catcher in here, but you lose a staple back-to-back off season and talk about Dansby Swanson and things like that, his loss and also the development of Von Grissom, you know, who, who I think a lot of us are expecting expecting him maybe to be the starting uh, shortstop for you this season? Well, you know, it's always tough. You know, when you lose Freddie Freeman, it's hard to replace Freddie Freeman. We did probably did as great a job as you could with Matt Olson. I mean, my God, we love Matt. He had a great year. And, and uh, you know, Dansby is right there, too. I mean, he's been a staple on this club for a long time. Um, you know what? It's part of the business. It's, it's right. And it is. It's a business, and, and I wish him well. I'm a huge Dan Swanson fan. We'll always pull for that kid. And, and um, But you know what? When, when things like that happen, it gives somebody else an opportunity to come in and, and uh, do something really good. So Vaughn's been working really hard this offseason. Um, I know Orlando Arcia is playing winter ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we're, you know, Braden Shoemate is a, is a kid that's been around in our minor leagues for – you know, a number of years now. And, and um, so I, I think, you know, it's going to be a fun competition. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, that's why we're going to go down there and play 30-some games. So, uh, you know, we'll find out. Snit, a lot of new faces at the back end of the bullpen, but looks to be just as strong. How excited are you for your uh, new unit in the back end? No, it's great. I mean, it's, as we know how important those guys are. And, and um, man, you better have – you better have a really good bullpen if you're going to make some noise and especially in our division. So, um, you know, as another guy, Kirby Yates is a guy that's, that's had a normal off season. Um, and he hadn't had that in a while. We saw what, what he was capable of, um, when he was out in San Diego and some additions that we've made have been really good. And, and, um, you know, we lost a big piece in Kenley. I mean, there's another guy that led the league in saves and, and was, uh, was huge for us. Uh, but we feel like we have a lot of, you know, we have numbers of guys that we can mix and match and, and guys that can pull down that role. So, um, you know, I'm excited. I mean, it, it's that, that bullpen is such an integral part of any successful team. And I think Alex has done a great job of continuing to man that thing and, and give us great options to use.
I mean, we saw, I mean, we've all seen videos of Ronald Acuna, you know, hitting the ball a mile in there and all those different things and having fun and all those different things. The importance of his going to do anything, coming in spring training and everything, or is he going to be full go as soon as he gets down there? He, he's going to be full go. You know, he's another one that, that you know, he had uh, he had a normal off season and, and um, you know, he played a few games and you know, he didn't have to be on this workout thing. I know last year he was back and forth to L.A. to, to see the doctors and I, I expect big things. But when he comes to spring training, he's going to be full go. So he'll he'll just be, um, you know, have a normal spring training. Um, you know, with the workouts and all that, and then we'll, you know, get him out there and, and claim. And, and, um, but I, I know he's going to be excited about, you know, coming fresh. You I mean, I saw him at the fan fest the other day and it's like, you know, the kid is still growing. I mean, it's, he's, um, becoming a man and, um, excited about what the, what the future holds for him this year. And, and, um, you know, Ozzy too. I mean, Ozzy's, uh, had some things cleaned up and, and, um, he's working really hard. I just saw him a little bit ago and, and a lot of these guys, man, there is a group. Everybody's excited about getting this thing going again. Talking to Braves manager, Brian Snicker right here on sports radio, 92.9, the game. You mentioned Acuna just now, Michael Harris, another guy that we can expect to have a big, big season in his second season, major leagues. How excited are you to have the ability to fluctuate the lineup between him and Acuna at the top and at the no, it is. It's good. And, and um, you know, it's, it's kind of good to, to know for me that we have, you know, Michael's our center fielder going into the year. And and um, when you have, you know, somebody like that and Ronald, whoever wins that uh, that left field job, that's pretty good outfield. So I know Michael's probably ready to go. Um, you know, he had a big year, came onto the scene last year. And, and um, you know, when you have a young dad with that, with that talent level, the person that that he is to what he's doing it's really exciting speaking of that left field is there's going to be a committee thing or are you hoping one of these guys just separates himself and also becomes the everyday left fielder for you well you know what we'll, we'll just wait and see i mean i'm not going in with i'm going you know wide open eyes wide open right. we have like i say there's a lot of uh guys there that that are going to be competing for a job and um, we'll just see how it works out. I mean, we'll, you know what, that, again, that's why we play all these games. As we get down, we narrow the thing down and, and see what's going to be the best, uh, you know, the best per, the best quotient to, to give us the best chance to win. So that's what we'll do. Snit another year, Spencer Strider as well. Is there going to be any sort of innings limit on him, or is he a full go? No, he's full go too. I mean, these guys, we always, you know what, we try and take care of them throughout right. the season. Um, you know, I, I took him out of some games last year. That's like, Snit, I can still go. And I was like, I know you can, and I'm, I'm, it's great. But we'll, we'll monitor innings, you know, stressful innings as we get there. And, you know, we, to date, we've never really put any innings limit on these guys. So um, we just try and take care of them throughout the year so they're able to, to make the full year. Snick, do you uh, is this new thing? This new rule was not a rule. Going back to the old rule, the shift is gone away. Does this like cause you to do anything differently as far as some of your managerial decisions? No, not really. I don't think the shift's going to have anything to do with what I do because okay. um, you know I know them. Some of these left-hand hitters are going to be awful glad that there's not somebody <laughs> you know patrolling short right field, right? Um, and and all, but um, no, I don't think it'll have anything to do or how we manage a game or how we run a game. Snit, a guy that was really impressive last season. Austin Riley had an MVP campaign. Do you expect more growth from him? Absolutely. You know, these guys aren't finished products. They're still learning. They're still, 
very talented young men. And, and I don't know that you ever figure this game out. I think guys, they, you know, they get better, they improve, they get more weary, leery about things and, and, um, and what they do, they just keep growing. And, and when you're as talented and as dedicated to their craft as guys like, um, like Austin is, he's going to continue to get better. Um, and, you know, just keep him, I look for him, just keep improving every year. Snick, last year, some of the young guys, especially Von Grissom and, and Mike, they called Dansby the sheriff previously. It was, it was Freddie, the, the, the locker room type leader, spiritual leader, all those things. Do you kind of think Austin Riley's ready to take that step and be that next guy for these young fellas? Well, I don't know that I've always said, I don't know that we need one guy. I Mm -hmm. think I got a whole room full of guys. They're going to police themselves. They're going to be, they take responsibility. Um, And and I don't know that you need one guy up on the pulpit, you know, beating his chest. I think these guys are all, they're so dedicated to what they're doing. They're so competitive. They're so driven to do well and to win that, that, you know what, it's great when you have a whole room full of those guys. And I feel like that's what we do. Braves manager Brian Snicker, thank you so much for a couple minutes. We cannot wait for opening day. Yes, sir. That's going to be great. I can't wait till next week. And, you know, we start heading south and get this thing rolling. Thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks a lot, Snick. Good luck to you and all those other good things and good health. And let's go bring us another one home, man. Forget those sneaking Mets. All right. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Good stuff, man. A great job, Turtle, by the way, because Andy Bunker, unfortunately, uh, got some uh, there's some COVID floating around, and the bunk is out, and uh, Chris, our engineer producer, sat in, and you hear Chris doing Thursday nights before football games as well, and good job today with Randy. And, uh, again, you and I were just saying, listen to the conversation, uh, Snicker is just such a likable dude. He and, is. and, again, last year, unfortunately, just ran out of pitching again. Yeah, rootable, no doubt. We're going to have a really good club. We will miss Dansby just like we missed Freddie, but – I still think we're going to have a really good club. And uh, if everybody's healthy, like he said, that bodes well for us. Guys, want to give you a chance to win Brian Adams tickets right now. Caller 7 at 404-741-0929. We've got a pair of tickets for you to go see Brian Adams, the tour. So happy it hurts with very special guest Joan Jett and the Blackhearts at Gas South Arena. It's happening Sunday, June 18th. You want to go? Well, we've got tickets for you right now. 404-741-0929. Caller 7 is going to win those tickets. Mike, what do we got coming up for Guy Talk? I guess if you're Caller 6, it'll cut like a knife. <laughs> Very nice. Sorry. Sorry about that. Hey, man, i got a couple things for you. The uh, <laughs> the final player drafted by the Montreal Expos is finally out of pro sports. Did you know that? No, I did not. I'll explain that. And did we just narrowly avoid a Sandra Bullock gravity type situation in Spain? It's coming up next in Guy Talk on 92.9 The Game. Our Dukes and Bell. How's everybody feeling? On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time for fun. <laughs> it's time for Guy Talk. Yes. <laughs> it's time for shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah man. On a hump day, the big day for the GOAT. Finally stepping away. But is he really, really stepping away for good? Obviously, a lot of folks are commenting on Tom Brady. Uh, supposed to be making the segue to the Fox broadcast booth. He'll be replacing Greg Olson, who will then go back to the number two team. But it'll be Burkhart and Brady moving forward. But uh, Greg Olson does get the Super Bowl this year in Arizona. And uh, a lot of folks are saying it uh, blindsided the Fox executives. You and I were talking about it earlier in the NFL Blitz. So much so that the Variety and the Hollywood Reporter say they're scrambling now to figure out how to put Tom. Again, I told Carl. The pregame is six freaking hours. Yeah, they you can, can find time. Tom Brady in, right? You can find time. Uh, originally, they're saying that he was not a part of this because they didn't know he was going to retire. Right. So we'll see if he is, if he isn't, if, if there is a wait until next season. But apparently, he's done. 
Yeah, and a couple of things, folks, coming out now, and we'll talk to Rick Stroud, who's covered Tom Brady the last few years down in Tampa from the Tampa Bay Times in the 6 o'clock hour. But a lot of guys, in the phrase I'm seeing from friends or intimates, allegedly intimates of Tom Brady, exhaustion. Exhaustion, Carl, with the just the personal life, a lot of stuff. You know, you, get, you got a lot of uh, balls in the air, as they say, between trying to get that offense on track. Some would say maybe, you know, you got to be honest, the offensive line, they had issues at center, there were injuries, this and that, but you still had a lot of talent at wide receiver. Whatever this was, some people are saying that even the guy, Tom Brady, who's been able to compartmentalize distractions his entire career, this was one that was even too overwhelming for Tom Brady. Yeah, see, this is why I think Aaron Rodgers is playing with this. Because one day you just wake up and you know. One day you wake up and you go, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I, I, I don't have the passion or the desire or the wherewithal to put in the work to be what I need to be. And, oh, by the way, to owe my teammates that work ethic that, right. that I'm going to have to put in. That's why I think Aaron Rodgers is clowning around. Like, oh, I'm not sure. Well, maybe they're talking about trading me. Aaron, you know you want to play. Tom Brady woke up, Mike, and maybe he did this a week ago and realized – I don't want to do this anymore. Right. And so now he puts out this video. We'll play it for you a little bit later next hour. But, yeah, man, I don't know exactly what the defining moment was, but I think it all hits us at some point, whether it's you moving on from a job, right. you retiring, you're at close to retirement age. How many people do you know and you talk to them and they're like, yeah, I just I was tired. I was ready to be done. Now, in hindsight, obviously, one would say, you know, yeah, you tell Tom Brady you can't play football, but he did make the announcement last year. He made the big, big uh, release, you know, the comment on social media that came out. This one was very brief because he said he already did the big goodbye last year. But you're right. You, you, you know, you got the wife and your kids and all that stuff, and all this was going on during camp and all the distractions. So even for a guy like Brady, it seems like a bit much. Yeah, you kind of wish in hindsight you bookended it with that loss to the Rams a year ago because that would have been a respectable way to get out. And this year, you know, not so good. But as we said earlier, no one's going to remember this year when you're talking about Tom Brady going into Canton. Meanwhile, Tom Brady, did you realize, Carl, did you know he is now – the last Montreal Expo draft pick to retire from professional sports. No. Tom Brady was a right-handed throwing, left-handed hitting catcher for his high school team, uh, Juna Paracera, uh, up in the San Francisco Bay Area. He was drafted by then the Montreal Expos in the 18th round of the 95 draft. Now, he would have been a lot higher. As a matter of fact, a scout named John Hughes, who scouted him, told the Hartford Current uh, back in 2019 that he would have gone much higher, but everyone knew it was going to be difficult to get him to play ball. He was going to play football at Michigan. Okay. But he did have the chops, and his high school coach said he's one of the greatest athletes uh, you'd ever seen, and he was a hell of a baseball player. I did not know that, Mike. That's an interesting story. Now that's Jeopardy. <laughs> there you go. And in case you're wondering, as I mentioned, he was drafted in the 18th round. The next last player to be retired from the Montreal Expos as far as he was drafted was Ian Desmond. Who oh, played for the Nationals. He sure did, yeah. Because as you guys know, Montreal played in Puerto Rico, and then eventually they wound up in D.C. So there you go. I thought that was kind of a fun little fact. No, it is. I mean, uh, I'll take Tom Brady for 500. <laughs> hey, you know, it's like a Cliff Clavin. I'll have you know he was an 18th round draft pick in the Montreal Expos. <laughs> hey, uh, Tom Brady making the move to the TV booth, and now we'll see. He's kind of intimated. He might be a little edgy. How edgy? And that we're going to, I don't know, tone that down. Will he be Johnny Miller in the booth? We'll find out. Meanwhile, you and I discussed last week, I don't have a problem with Tony Romo. I just think he's got to tighten some stuff up. Just like I, you, anybody who does this for a living, sometimes, you know, you slip into bad habits. That's what a lot of people have been saying. Now, a lot of critics say Romo's all over the place. I don't think it's that bad, but he did answer some critics because a lot of folks felt the last two broadcasts were not up to what Romo kind of established his first year as being the next big guy, right? Yeah, I, and you brought this up earlier in the week, and I was like, listen, I, I – I didn't watch as intently as maybe I should have when you talk about the broadcasters. Mm. 
uh, for the the AFC Championship game, which was on CBS. But I will say this, you know, I've seen the the, the reports and people out there complaining. He just makes animal sounds now <laughs> because it's like, and he's doing all that. But but I also think like maybe we're just being overcritical. He's really good, and I like what he does. And and again, if you're gonna tell me what does he need to tighten up, like okay. You as a viewer saying that is one thing. If it's Dick Embersall, mm-hmm. okay, who is one of the greatest you know TV executives in the history of TV, and he's saying, yeah, Tony Romo needs to tighten this specifically up. Right. Be more to the point. Stop trying to project and tell everybody three plays before what's going to – I need to know that. If you're just sitting there watching and going, I don't like Romo. And this whole thing about what he almost said, you folks need to stop it. Right. Yeah, I mean, he was between sentences, and a word came out, and people were popping. Did he almost drop? No, he did not. But uh, and Eversol did an interview uh, earlier this year in football season, saying that he's gotten away from some of the things that made him look like he was going to be the next John Madden. Again, I don't think, just, it's, I think it's. I think he's the wheel. overly right. excitable, right? And it comes out, and then he's like searching, right? When you get crazy right. excited, you're like, "Oh, Jim, I can't believe!" And yeah. Now you're at a loss right. for words instead of just, hey, here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. Yeah. So, and maybe that's know. it. Just let it breathe. But that's where it's out there. And Romo basically saying, look, you're always evolving. You're trying to do better. You're going to fail every time. You're going to have some successes. He was uh, doing an interview. It was a podcast talking about this new reality show about golf, yeah. uh, which everyone's excited about with the tour. By the way, we didn't mention this the other day because it's, it's, I don't know, everybody cares about Patrick Reed. But did you see the video? <laughs> For those who don't know, Patrick Reed joins the Live Golf Tour. Last week, uh, we had a story about him and Rory McIlroy. Kind of, Rory was ignoring him on the practice tee, and then Patrick Reed may or may not have thrown he a did. tee at him. Yeah, he did. And then later on, Patrick Reed hits a ball, OB, into a palm tree. And later, later says, oh, it's in that tree. And then the video shows, no, it's not. You never really found your ball because your ball's over here. And the guy who really jumped on the video, like he was breaking down the Zabruder film, like he was Jim Garrison in JFK, was Brandel Shambly oh, surprise. of the Golf Channel, who was named in a lawsuit by Patrick Reed, saying he's been defamed, amongst others, about uh, Brandel has a mean on for Patrick. And when you're a cheater in golf, it kind of stays with you, at least certainly it does in Patrick Reed's case. No, it's true. And and listen, there's always reasonable doubt mm-hmm. when it comes to Patrick Reed. By the way, since you're talking about golf, i got to say this. Do you tell your wife everything you buy? No. Okay. I had to think about that for a second because oh, well, she's listening. But uh, oh, well, well, actually, you know what? It just shows up and she figures it out. Okay. You know, the box arrives and she knows I did something stupid again. Yeah, so I went to the superstore today. I might have bought a putter, like. And, whoa, and, whoa, whoa! Carl has a putter that was used by the captain on the Titanic. Yeah, well, that I, thing—you need to retire that. Nibble. Well, it's just fun to bring it out. It's a bullseye. Most guys hadn't seen it like forever, but right. I, I may have done that, and I was like, "Should I tell her? Do you tell her? No, that's your world, do man. You, do you? No. Do you don't tell her every purchase, no. right? I mean, my wife got me the PXG, you know, gift card. Yeah, and I still haven't pulled the trigger on that. Okay, okay. Because the gift card only goes about halfway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's still, if I'm honest, it's still expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, I just was asked. No. I wanted to ask you that because I'm like, all right, some point she's going to realize there's a new putter here. Like, you know what? I, I've like, got like four, or whatever. But I'm like, I needed a new one, and this one was. It felt so good. When I bought my last next to last Corvette, I'm, as when I had vocal cord surgery, I was down in Florida and I couldn't do anything. So the first guy I'd call was Carl. I go check this out because I would show you all the cars I was test driving. So you, I didn't tell. I'm like, you're like you telling Becky? Hell no. Yeah, yeah. Just pick her up at the airport. <laughs> Figure it out. Okay. I just guys, some things are better left unsaid. All right, and I'm wondering what, like, guys, do you tell your lady? You tell her every purchase, like, and it, listen, it's not a, it's you're not buying a house. No. But it's a, it's a couple hundred bucks, maybe. Uh-huh. You know, I'm just saying. 
It's a couple of hundred. So you're feeling your short game needs some help? Is what you're no, my, my putter, I just, have you ever, <laughs> listen, we're about to get into this, have you ever grabbed a putter and it felt so perfect? It's like Excalibur. Yes. Oh. And like everything you hit, everything you hit, it's just, it's, I was like, and, and the guy in the store was watching me and he goes, is this the one? And I go, this is the one. This this is the right. one. It's like I fell in love. So, hey, anyways, I was curious. Nice. Yeah, I, I go through putters like socks. I, I mean, you get no, practice. it's about a feel. Yeah. It's about the feel. Man. He's right, you know. Hey, man, did you like the movie Gravity with Sandra Bullock? I did. I, I did. Was, that was, yeah, that was G, uh, George Clooney. Her and Clooney. Clooney, yeah. of course, eventually taps out if you hadn't seen it. But yeah. they're up on the, at the time, the space shuttle orbiting the low Earth orbit. There's a satellite collision. And then eventually the debris hits the uh, space shuttle and all hell breaks loose. And then she's got to find her way back to Earth. Reason I bring this up. A worst-case scenario was thwarted on Friday. Two large pieces of space debris narrowly missing each other, according to the Low Earth Orbit Labs, who track all this stuff. Wow. So that was almost real life. Yeah, according to NASA, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there, man. And uh, the Low Earth Orbit, an altitude of 1,200 miles up in space or less on Friday. I, didn't, I mean, not that you know the names of the satellite, but in case you're wondering, Carl, if you're a fan of Cosmos 2381 <laughs> and SL-8 rocket body, uh, these things nearly hit each other. They missed by about a couple of feet, 20 feet to be exact. And had they went kaboom, then you would have potentially had one of those scenarios, and you might have had a hard time making a telephone call mm. because a lot of satellites and a lot of communications, TV could have been disabled. So the scenario in gravity was accurate. And this thing, apparently, worst-case scenario, could have resulted in a ripple effect, dangerous collisional encounters and stuff flying all over the space, including those dudes that are hanging out on the International Space Station. Okay, so and they would have had to get in the, ex- the escape pod and hightail it, hightail it back to Earth. And their lives would have been in danger, Correct, right? Correct, Amundo. Yeah, uh, yeah g- gravity was good. The crazy thing about gravity, you guys don't know this, if you may have seen it, Sandra Bullock was like, yeah, I'll do the movie, but I want the back half of the movie. Yeah. And she made 70 Five million dollars. Now, most actors don't get that opportunity, but she was like, Yeah, I'll take the back half of this. Right. And she made a ton of money, Mike, off of that movie. One of the first, uh, now it's a thing in Hollywood, but one of the first guys to really make the gazillions you're talking about was Jack Nicholson in the first Batman with Michael Keaton. Jack, Jack took some back end. Yeah. Hey, man, there's your, and you guys should always ask for the back end. There's your guy talk on a Wednesday. All right, coming up, guys, we are going to talk with Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. He's going to fill in the blanks for us. This Tom Brady announcement shocked everybody. That's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. But when we come back, it's great news for us. Let's be positive, Falcon fans.